This episode of MBSing is sponsored by Brew Pass. In the Chicago area? Like coffee? Download Brew Pass in the App Store and get coffee for a dollar a day at participating cafes. Use code PODCAST01 and get $15 off the first month. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. My guest today is friend Eileen Tull, and she talks to me about her love of expectations. Things that we focus on the most definitely include uh, pop culture expectations. In our case, Eileen is brimming with excitement for The Force Awakens, as I'm sure most of the country and other parts of the world would join her in. So there is definitely some there to relate to and other relatable uh, expectations that we all go through on a daily basis uh, include things like uh, dating and just becoming an adult in general and what we thought that might look like and how um, reality is often less exciting than um, how fiction can paint a lot of these kinds of interactions and steps in our lives. Uh, so that's pretty much the the uh, Cliff's notes of what we get into the most, but there's plenty more where that came from, including a lot about how um, the internet affects both of those sets of expectations in a pretty uh, serious way. So get into that. Eileen is currently in the middle of a run of a one-woman solo show, uh, speaking of Star Wars, called Bad Dates or What Killed That Monkey in Indiana Jones Only Makes Me Stronger. If you want to see that, you should definitely check out EileenToll.com slash Bad Dates for all of the dates that she has coming up in Chicago for that run. She's going to do it at Uncharted Books, Geek Barbada, Galway Arms, WindyCon and Lombard, Sketch on the Rocks at the Playground, and so many other venues that are definitely worth checking out for a show that is also definitely worth checking out. Um, we get into a little more about what that show entails here in as well. Other quick plugs for myself. Um, the Annoyance Theater, 9.30 on Thursday nights. You can join me for the fishbowl. It's especially of note for improv students. If you'd like to get a chance to play with annoyance teachers and or veterans of that theater or current performers as well. And the team I'm on closes it out each and every week. This particular weekend, if you're listening to this on the day it's released, November 7th, the Nerdlogs have a show in Pittsburgh. I will not be present for it, but if you'd like more information or will be in the area, check out our website, nerdlogs.com. We have a show coming up on the 15th. That's our monthly Your Stories, and we'll be doing that in conjunction with our friends, the Improvised Star Trek, a fellow member of the Chicago Podcast Co-op. If you like this show 
and would like to check out something else in the co-op aside from something like Your Stories or Improvised Star Trek, why not check out Friendshipping? Jen and Trin discuss friendship, particularly between ladies. They tackle tricky stuff like how can I make friends as an adult and how do I end a toxic friendship and more. I've been catching up on that show recently and it's really a joy to listen to them um, tackle some tough problems that we have into adulthood that I think are often, um, ignored. You just think that, you know, friendship is a thing that just comes along innately. Um, but they do a really good job of, uh, discovering why people ask questions that they do about friends and, um, how those kinds of things can be tackled in an adult and, uh, reasonable, respectful, helpful way for every party involved. I think that's all I've got. Enjoy this sweet ep with Eileen. Myself, I've started doing this recently where I like, I usually drink LaCroix during the show because I'll do them like later in the afternoon and I'm right. very sensitive to uh, caffeine, but yeah. I like the little extra taste in the cack. bubbles. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I've had, I've been really bad about the burps <laughs> <laughs> i know it's hard i put my head under the table for a second i'd be like i know we need like a burp button or something <laughs> um i guess just if you hear uh a various <laughs> of an unexpected pause in a sentence <laughs> at any point during the podcast uh just know that it was probably one or the other of us <laughs> hiding some you know gas expulsion <laughs> everybody burps it's you know exactly like human bodily function uh i really I, have you ever been to sheffield's oh i'm i'm the, sure. like barbecue place i'm sure i have been it's great it's one of my favorite places in the city because they have like really good southern barbecue and or southern style barbecue i guess and great um beer list but almost every time i go i just get horrible gas like <laughs> as, and not even like oh like 40 like burping just like stomach expanding pressure like last king of scotland gas right, like you're the like the little diagram the little digital man they make in the like yes commercials when yes like it like where they yeah and it's all turmoily like and i never I think I have a pretty decent constitution otherwise. Like, things don't bother me too much. I've never had too much problem with things like uh, lactose or um, gluten or whatever that seem to be the things yeah. that bother people the most. But something about Sheffield's just... Just gets it. But you keep going back, don't you? Yeah, because it's keep going delicious. Back. <laughs> I have five brothers, so farting has been a big part of my life. <laughs> I have a sister too, but she's she's a normal human person. <laughs> it's it is one of the more upsetting. It's like the only thing I hate about my family is all of the farting. That's so funny because we're a big we're a big family of farters as well. Yeah. Yeah. I have one older brother, but I have an uncle who is just like <laughs> absurd, like on command. It's bad. My older brother is a football coach, and one time he was. Like they went on like an overnight football trip, and he was staying in like a like a a room with four kids or something, mm -hmm. and he farted, and one of the kids, I guess it was like a cabin or something, because one of the kids screamed. One of the kids screams, "Coach Toll, no!" <laughs> and the kid, he 
ran out and he threw up on the ground. Oh my god. That's how bad it was? Yeah, and my brother told me that, and I was like, that is a completely understandable reaction, having grown up with you. That is so funny. That's so funny. It's one of my favorite things to say, Coach Tell No. No. Like, every time you hear a fart, that's hilarious. (laughs) When you're at a holiday, my cousin Sarah just went around the room, and, like, each person, (laughs) like, (laughs) me, my brother, my dad, her dad, my uncle, um, just went around and was like, yours are the loudest, yours are the smelliest, yours are, like, the quietest, but somehow still smell insane, like... You're the only one who can do it on command. And just, like, assigned us all a superlative. <laughs> like, most likely, too. Yeah, we're, we're all just, like, dying. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I love good fart humor. I know. Man. As much as, see, I'm a little bit like, you know, I enjoy, like, Woody Allen and David Sedaris. But right. I'm like, you t- I am definitely. It's undeniable. Right. It's undeniable. <laughs> so, again, it's a natural human thing, and it's, it's so... It's silly little It's sound. so ridiculous that our bodies do that, and that they need to do it, and if you don't do it, you'll get sick. Yeah. like it's so funny. Yeah, I hear, to be honest, like, and this is a, this is pretty telling about me, but, you know, I've been doing this for a while, and I'm pretty sure there's not too much that uh, people who listen to this on a regular basis would know about me, uh, but I, like... When people say, like, I hold in farts all day and then, like, until I get home to, like, the safety and, like, let them all out, I I truly can't fathom that. No, no. Like, <laughs> and I just think there isn't, like, a corner or there yeah. isn't, like, an elevator. Like, you go stand by the garbage can Exactly. Like, go to the bathroom. That's where those kinds of right. things are supposed to. If you really do need to, like, be alone when that happens in a safe place, like... I, that I will never be able to fathom that kind of thing. What's the same thing when people are like, I can't, I can't, I can't poop in public. I'm right. Like, I'm like, how do you get a choice? I totally agree with you. <laughs> we are on super same page. Because right. I'm like, no, if you have to poop, you poop. Like, <laughs> it's not an, like, it's not an option. I feel like Ed Harris in Apollo 13, like, failure is not an option. Like, you don't get to just say, like, oh, I, I, don't, I don't have, have to. Right. I'm like, if it's going to happen, and it has to happen, <laughs> what else are you going to do? Uh, if you have the expectation that you're going to poop. Right. And again, like, then don't go to Sheffield's. Like, don't go right. to Chipotle. My boyfriend does. He is good about, like, if he knows that something will upset his stomach and he is not going to be at home, he yeah. will say, like, I would love that, but I cannot eat that here. Or, like, <laughs> I know that I'm going to be home for the rest of the night, so I will eat that. Like, right, right. <laughs> like, yeah, you just have to temper. You just, like, yeah. kind of have to plan your life a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Just a smidge. Uh, oh well, I think that's as good as time as any. <laughs> my guest today is Eileen Tall. <laughs> um, as I'll probably leave in our our little b- brainstorm session at the top. Maybe I won't. But anyway, her topic's going to be uh, expectations. Yes. and kind of uh, all facets of what that means. Uh, so go ahead. Um, let's talk about first what the origin of your like love or interest for this topic is. Um, well, I think that. I am always a person, I've always been someone who's had really high expectations for life. Okay. You know, like I, and I think, and I think really what that stems from my love of, um, books and movies Mm -hmm. and stories 
where you know you go like and you testicle. see yeah exactly like you see these beautiful things on the screen you see exciting uh images you read all these wonderful books about different kinds of worlds and you, and that's how you learn what life should be like yeah, in a way sure. i think some people like myself take that a little bit too uh, too literally, you know, <laughs> that like, oh, I love Harry Potter. It's so wonderful. And there are definitely skills you can take from, you know, those stories. But, you know, you're not really going to get a letter. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was yes. like, what do you mean? What right. Do you, like, I am 11 now. It's fine. Right. Um, and so I think that when I, you know, it's why I can't plan parties because I just, I get so <laughs> intense about it. And then it is always disappointing. Really what happens is I'll plan a party and I will, everything will be together and it'll happen. And like before the first guest, get, guest gets there, like I'm exhausted. And I'm oh, like, you, you don't even have a good time because right. all of your energy was put into the lead up. Yeah. The anticipation of it. And, um, but it's like with, you know, I just get so excited about movies and books or about, uh, you know, like a new job or a new, uh, apartment and everything's going to be the greatest thing in the world. And, you know, so when it's just a normal thing, right. Even when right. it's not when it's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like it could be just under what your expectations were, but it's still under. Exactly. So that's where I, I kind of am still trying to figure out how to temper my, <laughs> my emotions so that I can like live a human life. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I feel like that kind of thing does it, it just like shifts as you get older in the sense that when you're a kid, you know, like you said, especially if you're someone who was really into uh, uh, stories and films and things like that. And then you kind of actually, when you're a kid, you watch movies about high school you know, or about college or about like going into the job force for the first time. And it's not until years later that you actually experience what those things are like. Yeah. And I think still, you, I mean, you know, even though I'm, I'm out of some of those milestones, you, you're still like, but why isn't it like this? Like, right. wait a second, but it's still, I'm still chasing this, you know, kind of the, the model that uh -huh. you're given. Uh-huh. Um, and I think that that, especially without, with any facet of life, yeah, like you said, like school, the workforce, relationships, family, you know, it's, it, it kind of, if you depend on, on, um, pop culture or exterior images to sort of set your, set the stage for your life, it's, mm -hmm. you're always going to be <laughs> struggling a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, um. Because when you, I mean, there's certainly stories of negative experiences mm -hmm. where all those things are concerned. Um, but when, you know, we like to filter out the stories that are told. To <laughs> exactly. And I think that I'm, I'm a, I just have a little bit more manic optimism. Um, I certainly have, I certainly have a dark side. And, uh, <laughs> I can, I can look at that empty glass with the, the rest of them, but, um, Anytime I'm anticipating something, it's it's because I've already gone through the worst case scenarios. Like I've already yes. gone through like murder, hurricane, <laughs> you know, deadly fire. Okay, well none of those things are going to happen, so it's going to be the best thing that's ever existed in the world. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. Um, that's really I 
<laughs> I'm definitely lean optimist myself. Um, so I think when I think when bad things happen overall, I'm usually just like, oh well, like this was bound to happen, but it'll work out. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, I feel like whenever I get a phone call, which you know, whoever calls anybody on the phone anymore. Yeah, Jesus. So I'm uh, my first reaction is. My family's dead. Yes. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. They're all in different states. It's not like, I mean, unless somebody's doing some sort of, but it's the you whole know, thing. like Revenge of the Sith kind of like right. planned <laughs> thing. And then, and then I'm like, no, it's not that your family's dead. It's that you've won the lottery. You're like somebody, it's like Steven Spielberg on the phone. Like it's you somebody. swing from the most tragic thing that it could possibly be to right. the most. Right. Like, oh, I guess I just won an Oscar. Oh my God. I didn't even make a How movie. Did, how did this happen? Right. Um, so how do you feel like that's factored in? Um, uh, one of the thing, one of the things you cited for expectation was like looking forward to films and like building yourself up for things like mm-hmm. that and books or whatever other, uh, you know, things we find ourselves looking forward to, uh, not necessarily in our own lives, but that, uh, we take in and affect ourselves. What are some like good examples you could think of, of like you had two high expectations that mm-hmm. were totally dashed or, or any big, uh things like that Mm -hmm. what could possibly have a bunch (laughs) of hype surrounding it but maybe what could possibly have dropped this week oh my star wars tickets (laughs) yeah yeah um you going at midnight i'm going at i'm going at 10 45 on thursday night oh nice Uh, and then i'm going at seven o'clock friday night (laughs) and then i already have tickets to see uh with all my siblings back in ohio for december 26th because oh christmas holidays yeah i have so many siblings that we we have to buy 10 tickets in advance yeah, you said you have so many. four brothers, five brothers and five one sister. Brothers and a sister. Yeah, and a sister-in-law and a nephew, and then there's some some great girlfriends of siblings in there, and then two parents. And um, my brother has a dog. We have a, a variety of wild squirrels in our backyard <laughs> too, but you know they come and go. Uh, uh, do you guys? You'll all be back in Ohio. We'll all be back in Ohio for Christmas. Really, I think December 26th will be the day that we're all together because. Oh. You know, people Some spending people different. Doing, sure, sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, and um, so it's it's interesting. I was just talking to my mom about this that we my younger brother graduated in June, and because of just the combinations of people's schedules and mm-hmm. people being sick, we were only in one place as a family for about five minutes, oh, all God. of us together. And we had because it was I was determined to get a picture of it because uh-huh. um, my nephew was just born. Uh, he just turned one. So we didn't have a family photo with him in it. Gotcha. And I was like, we've got to get a picture. This is got to make this. Cool. Yeah. So we have one picture of all of us together. And it's so, you know, it's so cute. We're all so beautiful and photogenic. <laughs> But then, yeah, then it was just different combinations of people being in the room at the same time. That's crazy. Yeah. And because we couldn't all fit in a hotel room. Yes. Like, we can't fit in a Panera. Like, <laughs> we tried. <laughs> we couldn't. <laughs> and so, yeah, I think it'll be, I think we'll all be there, you know, in Ohio at the same time in, on December 26th. Um, so. Is anyone, are other members of your family as into it as you are in that this will be, like, not the first time they've seen it? Yes, my brother already has tickets, um, and yeah, we're all pretty big Star Wars fans, and it's, the thing I say about it is, 
so my oldest brother is uh, 31. My youngest brother is 15. So there's, wow. a, yeah, there's a big age gap. And so you think growing up, when I was 14, my youngest brother was like an infant. And That's crazy. Yeah, it's super weird. Uh, I was not, uh, I was mistaken for his mother. More than once. More than once. I mean, that's a decent amount of time. Biologically, it was true. And, you know. Especially once you get a few years older than that. And he's just like a toddler. Oh, yeah. I know. And I was like, I was like, how dare you assume that anyone would want to have sex with me? How dare you? (laughs) That was the thing that you got to super Catholic. So I was like, no. No one wants to kiss me ever. How dare you, sir? Um, This is my brother I know. but so you know growing up like if my youngest brother's five and the rest of us are like you know in our we're middle school or we're teens or you know whatever everybody can still watch star wars together sure and everybody can still enjoy it and sure. everybody still you know can have a great time and we can all be in the same room watching the same thing and everyone's engaged and um having fun together and kind of you know we would we're like mystery science theater where we make the same joke. Yes. You know? Right. That's so funny. Right. So I mean, we, it's been something that I think not everybody is as into it as I am. But, sure. you know, we have a little Obi-Wan Kenobi above our kitchen sink. And yes. we've got Star Wars holiday ornaments and, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of like Darth Vader Christmas t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, my, my brother and sister and I went to... Uh, celebration five in 2010 so we all like the three of us three in the rest you know it was just who could who could come at that point uh-huh. um but yeah we had this like family what's like celebration in, five? Oh, it's uh, the celebration is like the big star wars convention and it they were doing it like 30 years after each movie so i guess the oh. first one was would have been in 2007 and yeah i went to three and to five. Third wait how there? How many years after the? Oh, like movie? um. So this was Celebration Five. So it was thirty years after Empire Strikes Back. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and so it was. Um, and then I guess they did the other ones. Why did I go to Celebration Three? I don't know. It didn't, <laughs> didn't quite work. I, I didn't anyway, have questions. It's I like some sort of anniversary the, of when each movie comes yeah, out. Yeah, and maybe they do it. Where every are year. they? Mm. I went to one in Indianapolis, and I went to the other one in Orlando. Um, so I think so they're funny. in different places. It's yeah. like it's like a little pop up Star Wars con. It seems well, like it's it's not so little. I will say. <laughs> it, is, it is intense, and I'm not a huge con person. Um, yeah, but it's I'm not really. Either. It it's a lot, and you know, um, at the the five, um, George Lucas was there, and Carrie Fisher, and it was like everybody except for Harrison Ford. <laughs> <laughs> and John Stewart. Did you think George he was going to be there? Or they had like announced everything. They had announced it earlier that um, it was just going to be. I think so. Anyway, he's or, like the Morrissey of Star Wars, <laughs> right? And and at that point, you know, f- five years ago, it was like he had he was very distant from it, and he was very vocal about like, mm. no, that's not. Like me I, so and he, I would never do. I would never take part in any of the sequels that are always in talks. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, now you eat your words, you beautiful man. <laughs> um, so yeah, but I I so I have three tickets to. Uh, to three showings of the movie and you know i mean it it's it's a beautiful time to be a star wars fan because everybody is interested in it mm-hmm. and everybody is so 
unapologetic in in their joy mm-hmm. of being excited and and their love of this world and these characters and so i mean you walk down the street and people are talking about star wars i mean it's like a fever dream i've had (laughs) yeah it it does seem like kind of the perfect storm between like um the general rise of like quote-unquote nerd nerd culture Mm -hmm. to to be like more mainstream popularity and more generally accepted and uh, combined with like redemption for the series in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and like a lot of new and exciting actors and directors um, in a time where like, I think when the the first prequels were made, films were still like, we didn't quite have it. It wasn't quite as striated between like giant blockbuster movies and like tiny little indie films. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. so now blockbuster movies i think mean even more and like franchise movies mean e- even more than they did yeah at the time. i think that that's definitely true i mean we you know just in the past few years it's like harry potter hunger games yeah. avengers you know all of these and you become kind and they're of, all now in the like highest grossing films of all time right and even like jurassic world it was mm-hmm. basically like a preview kind of yeah of one of these uh, you know, big uh nerd things <laughs> like re- getting reboots, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think too, I mean, the other thing is that they are certainly not perfect, but of a high quality in terms of the storytelling. You know, the Avengers uh, series and all the Marvel movies, you know, they're big and stuff blows up, and you mm-hmm. see like you know boobs sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. <laughs> um, but they there's strong storytelling elements to it. Sure. I think that's what makes it different than like Rambo. Yeah. You know, and, and some of these movies, there's definitely merit to that. Yeah. And you, and you find your, and you like, I think also that sequels and franchises now use what's already been established about the characters kind of to their advantage Mm -hmm, in a mm -hmm. way that not too many of the past did like like you said i mean you cited rambo but like you could say the same thing about rocky it's just like a new person that rocky's fighting each movie right and there's different like there's kind of other differences but it's mostly just and i think the part of that is the planning that goes into it which one could argue is uh, a little bit of a capitalistic nightmare of you know how much money can we make from oh i plan all these films but then on the other hand it's a continuation of a story as opposed to like what adventure can like, it's not as serial sure. as, as I think some previous things are. We're like, Oh, we don't know how else to, you know, like what else unfold everything. Right. Like let's put these two people in the same situation. I mean, something like <laughs> men in black yeah. where <laughs> men in black two is essentially like, you know, these two guys, Let's see him fight an alien. Yeah. And it doesn't really, (laughs) you know, um, kind of move forward. Or, for example, uh, one of my favorite movies ever is Tremors. Mm -hmm. And there's, you know, I think they just released, like, Tremors 6. Oh, really? When I say released, I mean, I think that you can buy it at a Walgreens. straight to DVD. Now it's VOD. Straight to VOD. Right, right. They're like, yeah, you can rent it from, like, your grandma's uh, Uh. some kind of, like, (laughs) hot yeah. button account or something. Yeah, like, do your parents still get Netflix DVDs? <laughs> right. right. Oh, my God. 
And but see, that's the kind of series where like they just like they couldn't necessarily get you know they couldn't get bacon, couldn't get bacon to stay on, right? Um, clearly, and so they just kind of have Michael Gross fighting creatures over and over again, and it's like just the same sort of formula with like, and now they're in a different desert. Yeah. Like, oh. But I think that you know the the point is is that. Uh, the point is I wanted to talk about charmers, but the point, ah. <laughs> but the point is, I feel like there's more, <laughs> more thought being put into this. Sure. Um, and more thought being put into, of course, how can you make billions of dollars? That's what I was going to say. It goes back to, I think you described yeah. it well, <laughs> capitalistic nightmare. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's like, how can we make billions of dollars? But I think that audiences are demanding a little bit more, uh, of a reason to go like so okay great you can make billions of dollars if you make five good movies so yeah. how are you going to make five good movies yeah i mean i think some of that bubble has already started to burst like if you look at the second um the like newest fantastic four people oh. are like uh no guys we're not gonna go if it's a shitty movie right. <laughs> like, like it's, it's gotta good. be good enough like it has to have something in there for for people to to want to do it like them i know they lost a bunch of money on yeah. that thing yeah so i think that's a good sign for these like big blockbustery things but that was a um they were just trying to keep the licenses of the characters like, good job. Yeah. You kept, you kept him. You did it. You, you sure did. Um, so what happens if... <laughs> so we're talking about expectations. Yes. You have such high expectations for this movie that you've already bought three tickets to see it. Yes. Well, three three shows. Three separate I, I shows. Bought more tickets. My, right. My Fandango. Like they're is like, is this your rent or is this your up. Fandango account? I'm like, I don't know, man. You've bought three tickets for yourself yeah. uh, to three separate screenings. What if you go to the first one and it's just a bummer? I I've entertained that notion, and I think. I I'm not um I don't I don't know. <laughs> I just don't know. And part of it is like, well, I'm just going to I know I'm going to see it again mm-hmm. the next night mm-hmm. and I will not have had enough time to really process. It'll be like sure. it'll be like, "Hey, Eileen, are you sure? You sure you didn't like it? Let's check it out again." That's really funny. And then and if then it's really bad the third time, at least I'll be with my prepared siblings. and with your family. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be at least, you know, It'll it'll be fun because I'll be with my brothers and my sisters, and that that'll be a, a good time. But yeah, if it's because I kind of held off on buying a bunch of merchandise. Sure, you know, right? I, like I bought it. I bought a few things. Like I'm and like, crazy how person. well did that Fourth Friday go? Oh man, <laughs> it's, talk about expectations. It's true, but I I kind of was like, I'm not going to buy anything that's specifically the force awakens because if i don't enjoy like what if i don't like these yeah. characters yeah and i'm not gonna buy something that's kind of like blowing my mind about the lead up is that it seems like people are already like totally on board with something that they haven't seen yet right and i i don't want to take anything the trailers look great yeah. i think we can yeah. all agree i really like the actors that they've cast yeah um it, the ones that i've seen before um I think it could be great, you yes. know. I don't. I want to make that very clear. I'm not just trying to like shit on it before right. I've seen it. I'm just saying like we're in we we're in a culture now where like we see a poster for something and we start talking about what that movie is like or right. how we feel about it, right. and it's like 
guys, we, we haven't even seen that yet. Yeah. Or somebody writes an article about yes. how they, I mean, you know, there's just so many things out there about like, hey, I, I saw a pull quote about this person's book and now I think that the person is, you know, a bigot. Right. And you're it's like. It's insane. Like, do you have any context for this right. and they very well may be yes a bigot or or sexist or right. a bad person or yes. not a good writer yes but you know i mean if we're going off of i feel like i say this all the time but i say oh, i read an article where somebody was talking about this person's yeah. product book music whatever yeah and then i'm forming an opinion based off of that someone else and what i really mean is that i read the article on the train or i read the the headline <laughs> oh, of the article right. on the train yes i scrolled through the rest of it as I was like waiting for my stop, you know, I mean, uh, there's not, there's not careful consideration about, you know, our, I don't want to say like artistic endeavors because we are talking about like Hollywood and mass production. Yeah. But still. Yeah. And I think that, but unfortunately I think it's trickling down and it's training people to be like, well, what, you know, smaller storefront theater shows or like yes small indie bands yes They're like so what can i see for free to test you out yes before i even pay five dollars to come in to see your show very true yeah like i remember uh, when inside out came out earlier this year there's a woman who wrote an entire blog about how she was upset that the sad character was like blue and kind of schlubby and mm-hmm. like uh she was like, now again, I want to make it very clear that I have not seen this movie. And I was just like, then stop writing right. about how right. you feel about it. Yeah. This is absurd. Like, you can't rail against a movie company for depicting characters in a way that you deem is negative. It, if anything, you're doing the thing that you are admonishing. Right. Like you are judging a book by its cover. Yeah. Cause that, that was a very interesting, um, reaction. I loved that movie. Um, yeah, and too. I, I, I thought, I think it's such an effective way for both adults and children to think about their feelings. Absolutely. Like it's a beautiful, I mean, I totally agree. It's, I have five brothers. So now I feel like my brothers are all really wonderful and great. And, you know, they may look like a young Republicans club, but they're all <laughs> because they're all like tall with dark hair. But they, you know, it, I think it's just going to allow especially younger boys to, to be like, oh, here are my feelings. Yes. But I think that watching that movie, I mean, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen the movie, then mm-hmm. close your ears. Yeah. But it's skip it. Yeah, just skip it. But it shows that having sadness and and allowing sadness into your life is actually the only way to feel true joy yeah and the only way to to process life mm-hmm. uh and so sadness is actually like the redeeming character. imperative yeah, yeah yeah and i mean yeah in, in a way like the character is typically uh is animated to look you know to look i mean she's fat compared yeah. to the other characters and She's a little dumpy and she's maudlin, but I think it's also showing us how we, uh, depict. Yeah. Yeah. How we picture these things in our mind and we picture these things negatively and actually they're not at all. Right. And, you know, that's a really good way to look at it. 
Right, and, and, the, and what the movie does, if you watch the movie... If you actually see the thing that you think that you're writing about. Exactly, then it kind of, it turns the thing, it turns those uh, preconceived images on their head. Yeah, and I mean, there's already a lot of that starting with Force Awakens, but I think a lot of it's just them trolls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I I mean, so it's it's difficult, I think, to... To sort of guess to see, you know, if, is this movie going to be good or not? And I'm not somebody, I don't like knowing a lot about a movie. Yeah, I think me neither. that, you know, what I hate is, is trailers that show way too much about it. I hate it. I, I try not to watch trailers. Yeah. I, you know, it's such a weird, in a way, off topic. But the, I, I have always felt that the trailer for the movie Snake Eyes... <laughs> was very compelling. It's, uh, if you're not familiar with Snake Eyes, it's Nicolas Cage, Gary I Sinise, thought it was Nicolas Brian Cage. Brian De Palma joint. Uh, <laughs> from like, I think 1998 or some like the heyday of, of Nicolas Cage's like 90s. Crazy characters. Yeah. And I've like, I've always felt that that trailer was really compelling, but I had always been like, you know, I don't even think I want to see the movie. I just, it doesn't tell you the whole story, but I'm like, it just, it's a little story in itself and like okay sure like i'm not compelled I, to see the movie i understand what this is about yeah and then i, I watched the movie recently just because i was like what nicholas cage movies are on netflix yeah. like let's let's just let's do this thing yeah and i i watched it and it it is it's not it as plays good out. as the trailer oh. you know <laughs> like it plays out that way but then it's not as good you know it, the trailer is better yeah. than the movie is that's and, so funny you know i got burnt also, <laughs> also pretty off topic, but that happened to me. I, I was reading the John Green book, Paper Towns, because uh, oh, I, I just like yeah, yeah. John Green and uh, had already read a couple of his other things and I had seen Fault in Our Stars and I thought it was a really solid adaptation. And I was like midway through the book when they announced the film project, or I guess it had already been announced, but I was midway through the book when they released the trailer. Mm-hmm. And uh, my boyfriend pulled it up to watch it because he knew I was reading the book. And I was, like, watching it along with him. And it was going kind of, you know, exactly along where the book goes. And then it started to get into stuff that I hadn't even read in the book yet. And I was, like, halfway to three-quarters of the way through the book. And I was, like, no. Like, I'm not going to watch the end of this. This, Why is this spelling out the entire movie? Part of the interesting aspect of the book is the way that it unfolds. And it kind of has, like three separate chapters and i think if they had just set up the initial chapter it's so much more interesting to just like see i guess they have to like sell the movie for what it is but at the same time i just don't they they left nothing to the imagination right and i think that you know it's because i feel like now what the culture has become is well if i'm you know show me what my show me what i'm gonna get yeah and if i'm gonna you know, I can stay home and I can watch Netflix. I can stream. I can, you know, play on my iPad for days. So if I'm going to go out to see yes. a movie, if I'm going to go out to That's do very something, true. I need to know it's going to pay off. My expectations for what I'm doing yeah. have to be at least met. Right. Yeah. And and I think that, you know, people want to know what is it going to be like. And yeah. and I feel like the, the element of surprise or the element of creativity or imagination, you know, I was thinking about this the other day we don't allow imagination anymore because mm-hmm. you know i work with kids and if a kid asks me a question like about their science homework or their math homework mm-hmm. uh and, I, and you know if and when i don't know the answer uh, i google it mm-hmm. because i because the answer is out there so 
there's no, you know, well, why do we think the sky is blue? Right. It's like, oh, let me look it up. Yeah. So there's no, we have wow, answers to shit. everything. You yeah. Know, you Wikipedia, any question you have, and there's no, there's nothing fantastical. Like I even started kind of making stuff up to be creative or funny. I was like, well, the, you know, you can see the moon right now, even though it's daytime, because sometimes the moon gets lonely. Yeah. You know, just being kind of like fairy yeah, tale why not? and creative and you know, one of the girls my is like r- was really into it, and she was like, "Yeah, and the moon feels this way, blah blah blah." And then a little boy was like, "Oh, well, no, it's actually because of this and this and oh. this." And I was like, "You beautifully scientifically minded child." Yeah, but uh, like, yeah, but I think that that's something that I think is yeah. really kind of a uh, something I want to fight against is that we just don't leave anything up to the imagination, and I mean that also brings it to into dating you know with like with tinder and with yes. Cupid. it's like God. what do i want who are you yeah. what do you look like every you learn this like checklist yeah. before you even meet a person right and if you don't if you learn things on if they're not checking all the boxes you don't even meet yeah because who who can who why bother yeah and i just think that's it's this insane way of and we think that we're saving time or we think that we're going to get what we want. But, I mean, it's why life does not have a narrative. Life does not have a script. And that's you can't track it that way. Because yeah. people make decisions for a million different reasons. And yes, know, serendipity happens and kismet happens. And, if, you know, if you, t- if you take the elevator instead of the stairs... Sliding doors, baby. Sliding doors. <laughs> yeah, Gwenny Pelts. Uh, that's so funny because I was I was just about to like mention or ask uh, how you felt like the internet had affected um, your expectations mm-hmm. where uh, things being released was concerned. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. now here we are, you know, launching into this conversation about how the internet has. T- totally affected the way that we meet people and date people yeah yeah. um so do you think there were times when you were younger where you looked forward to things where you can remember specifically like look i mean even for the prequels did you do you like were you like lining up for things like that or well i was like i was like uh, 11 or 12 or something so i I kind of was not super into the idea. I don't know why. I mm-hmm. can't really like. I don't That's, have a clear see. I think even that is interesting to me because I think that the culture has shifted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a way that it makes things like that more like uh, maybe it's because things are like we're used to things being so accessible so immediately. Right, right, right. That now we want to like see them as soon as yeah. we can. Well, it, I mean, it, and it really is like I like I bought my tickets on Monday, and I you know I was si- I was like sick the whole day, like just because I was like I have to get this my tickets. Is when it happens, yeah. And then they were early, and I was. Did they like announce? Uh, that they were gonna show, they were gonna like put them on sale during Monday Night Football or show yeah, the trailer like, or whatever. Here's the, you know, we're gonna show the trailer, and then they're gonna be available after. But gotcha. I mean, you know, there's all this, all these rumors. I like went into a theater and got, you know, I was like, hey, can I just get the phone number to the theater? I was like, yeah. I was like, here's my phone number. If you guys want to call me, that's like, so just let funny. Me know when? That's so funny. I was like, what time? When? How? Where yeah. do I go? Yeah. And. So there's all this other information, and you kind of don't know when it's going to happen. I was hosting an event that night, 
uh, on Monday and I had my iPad with me because I was like, okay, as soon as the event's over, that's when they're going to go on sale. Uh So I can just stay in this coffee shop and do it. And then I happened to be checking Facebook during somebody's performance because I'm the rudest person in the world. Hey, man. And we do it. Right. And then somebody had written like tickets are on sale right (gasps) now. Go to Fandango. So I just I mean, I feel so uh, I was the worst uh, (laughs) co-host in the world because I was just I I just pressed my iPad up to my face and just kept, you know, and and refreshing and trying to get the tickets and Uh trying to do it. And it was so stressful. And I was like, I hadn't slept the night before for a variety (laughs) of reasons. But so I was in this crazy headspace of like, I need to get these tickets, man, or else. Because the other thing is, if you don't go opening night. Somebody's gonna get leaked yeah, and somebody's yeah. gonna be an asshole and they're gonna I write. bet that is a big reason for people to try to go yeah. really early. God, I didn't even think of that. I know, it's so it's upsetting. I already I'm already like, well, the first showing's at seven PM and I'm not till ten forty five. So like, I'm just gonna turn my phone off. Like I'm gonna because I know <laughs> That's crazy. I have suspicions about things that will happen in the film and yeah. I actually have talked to somebody who knows somebody who read the script so really I, yeah I don't think I know anything definitive and J.J. Abrams is pretty pretty well known for cutting a trailer so that it doesn't really reveal too yeah. much of the story yeah, which I appreciate me too know? but I think that it's also this idea of how you know I I I feel like when I walk out of that theater I'm going to have to process my reaction on facebook like yeah how because how else do you process big giant milestones except right. you know to let people know and and i feel like you know i've in a way i've, I've sort of cultivated this identity on on the internet among uh, people that i know where sure. they're like you love star wars let me show What'd you, you think this. Yeah, yeah 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 you know and and every every Friday I do a Harrison Ford Friday. Yes, switch right up sweet picture of Harrison Ford. That's great. There's I mean, a, a I I you know Katie Johnson Smith. Yeah, she does Tom Hanks Tuesdays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she does. I, and it's just it's such a beautiful. But they remind me. They're like rem- reminiscent of one another. The same series. Yeah, right, right, right. I I appreciate both series. Right, right. Because um, it speaks to you in different ways. Right, right. Uh, there. I mean, Harrison Ford's kind of like the bad boy Tom Hanks. Ooh, <laughs> Ooh I, I, was I, I just thought of that now, but like, it yeah. kind of works. Yeah, like he won't be as as nice to you, and like you have to kind of <laughs> yeah figure it out. But I was talking to someone recently about how, in a way, uh, I think that that Harrison Ford uh, is similar to Jimmy Stewart. Yes, and and it's funny that you say that because I've compared Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks to right. Jimmy Stewart in the past. I feel like that's a more um, direct connection. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you know it's because Jimmy Stewart had the Jimmy Stewart uh, persona, and he kind of had that that ah uh, shucks like yes. American Frank Capra, um, you know, one man against the world kind of. Mm-hmm. kind of identity and every man yeah and he never you know he was a, a great actor but he didn't um change his voice he didn't he didn't put a lot of external things onto it he just kind of he showed up as himself and existed in these emotional circumstances sure and i feel like that's kind of what harrison ford does like, yeah he's not you know a character yeah he's, like when has he ever really stepped outside of 
right. what we are used to seeing him do. Exactly. And and I think that... And it, you'd probably be able to speak to that better than most. And, and there are a couple of examples, but I, mean, I think we, as an audience, we want to see that person. We want to see that sort of strong, trustworthy, uh, don't take no guff. That's Yeah, you know? when you're going in to watch a Harrison Ford movie, you know what to expect yeah. to a certain yeah. extent. Yeah, and, and you know that he is going to be a normal man in extremely uh, challenging circumstances. And right, he's right. going to, like, get his way out, you know, by pointing in your face and punching you with his really loud fists. That's and, so funny, yeah. And then he's, you know, but he's also, you know, has a great sense of humor. Uh-huh. And he's also, We're probably going to see his softer side at mm-hmm. some point. Some woman is going to bring out his softer side. How good does he look in that Force Awakens trailer? <laughs> dang. I said, God like i'm like you have held up my friend (laughs) that really like i'm not even i'm a fraction of the star wars fan of you or uh most of the people that i'm close last night uh was chris geiger's 30th birthday party and someone did a star wars trivia just like five questions and we kind of split into three teams and i stood aside as people on my team Tried to figure out what the answers were. I, it was like, my there was one team that just like didn't really have a quote unquote expert, and they yeah. were just like totally lost. Like they were tough questions, oh, no. and there was this conversation and this language that was being spoken that I could not fathom. I'm sure that you could have definitely helped and like thrown in some held answers here own. and there, and definitely held your own. But I was boss. lost. Like I was just like so so the the like I don't really have a super amount of nostalgia for it. I totally see why people do um, and, like, what people get out of it. I'm so jazzed to see this new movie. It looks great. I just love movies. Yeah. Um, but when he hugs oh Leia to his chest, oh my God. that is when I, like, that was what hit me from that trailer. Like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. it I mean, like, it is so emotionally evocative. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable how that, I mean, and it lasts a second even, yeah. but it is so effective. It's very powerful. And I mean, it's because it's those two people. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's because, uh, my dad is a tall white man with brown hair and my mom is a short woman with dark hair Uh and they have the same height difference, Mm -hmm. um, as Han and Leia. They, they have that sort of bantery relationship. It's been, that's always the model that you've looked up to. That's the model. And I mean, to see these two people, I mean, it's, it's so, I I am overwhelmed with how, (laughs) much I am affected by that small image. It's, I can't, like I said, I can't imagine what it's like for you because I was extremely <laughs> affected by it just as like a movie fan and yeah. like, wow, they both look great. And I, I'm so excited to see like what their story looks yeah. like as a part of this cool new one. Yeah. And they both look like, uh, I mean, they're both older people yeah. and they look worn yeah. and they look like they've been through what those characters have been through. Yeah. You know, I think there's no sense, which I love too, that Leia looks like she's still, you know, putting on fighting and going yeah, out yeah, in, the, yeah. in the woods. And that I she's love that. Not the, like, That's a really good point. Yeah, Cause you see a lot of, 
a lot of especially older Hollywood actresses where if they're over 60, they're like in a white sweater. Yeah. And they're, you know, like on the couch and they're watching everybody else, you know, do the action. And, and you know, she may not have a, a hand in the action. I don't know. Yeah, sure. But it's, I mean, I'm, and I am so refreshed with the new trailer. So 10 seconds into the new trailer, there's two female voices talking to each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's unbelievable. You look back at those first ones and you're like, oh, it was just Leia. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> and I mean, it, my friend Alex said she thinks that she uh, assigned a female gender to R2-D2 just so there would be another like right, female so character. Like, Maybe the Bechdel test gets passed. <laughs> yeah. like, like he's beeping at her. Yeah, Ooh. yeah. But what could they be uh, talking about? <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I, I start getting uh, verklempt at the thought of, you know, three or four young school-aged girls at recess being able to like choose which one yeah and none of them have to play the robot and none of them have to play the the boy part because the girl parts will be hopefully as good as the boy parts i mean when i was younger my so my two older brothers and i um we decided that we would write uh, a stage adaptation of star wars when we were like eight nine and and ten amazing um, because it hadn't been done yeah. And we were like, this is so obviously like. How is no one doing this? <laughs> yeah, these three kids from Ohio are You're going welcome. To do it. <laughs> so we, we went and we got, you know, big notebooks and we, you know, transcribed because um, our. Parts for the movie. Yeah, because our, our word processor was like in <laughs> right. one place. Right. So yeah, we, would, we wrote down each of our roles. You know, my brother David was Luke, my brother Jimmy was Han, and I was Leia. And, it, you know, it was, we were sort of always figuring out wh- which roles we had because we Definitely were Yakko, Wacko, and Dot. We were <laughs> yes. Chip and Dale and Gadget. Yes. You know, there's like all these combinations of mm-hmm. um, of those genders and characters. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're writing down all the all the dialogue. And in at the end of New Hope, when they're, you know, in the big final battle, I'm writing down Leia's dialogue and stage directions. And Han and Luke are... They're in the ships and they're, you know, they're, they're shooting, they're fighting, they're in the action. And my, such a a potent memory, but over and over again, I would, I would write, look worried and I would wait. (laughs) And then another shot of her would come up, look worried. And then I would wait. And then another shot of her still looking worried. That's so funny. And then you pin medals on the men at the end. That's so funny. That. I I had a conversation with my guests last week about this. We talked about Harry Potter mm. and she is someone she's like a few years younger than we are, so sure her like a lot of her like worth as a kid mm. was like made better because she had a character like Hermione. Yeah. And she was like, I can't believe that people pshaw the idea of representation in film and art because to me it like saved my life and it was just this like powerful thing to hear someone say about you know something that's so like cherished as harry potter is and here like and this is just i think another like reaffirmation of that like yeah and and to have those people (laughs) involved in the story too and i mean i think you know i and i i was saying all this and um thinking about oh my gosh i can't believe how much great representation there's going to be in the new star wars movie and you know it's still you know there there are characters of color but 
you know, I think um, there are characters of color who are doing CGI characters who may not be appearing as human right. actors. And there's, uh, at this point, no indication of, of any, um, you know, sexuality, diversity. Sure. You know, and, and I think that, it again, as a, as a sort of privileged person, I'm always like, oh, yeah, there's other representations right. and other groups right. that, and like that even deserve to be seen and, and, again, need to be seen. Like, we mm-hmm. need to see... Like, we need to see a gay Star Wars character. Mm-hmm. We need to see, you know, women of color in Star Wars. We need to see, like, even in Harry Potter, it was like, Dean Thomas yeah. is, is black. Yeah. <laughs> we talked a lot last week about Cho Chang and how right. she really gets the shaft, especially in the films. But it's like, oh, we have, like, one, uh, you know, woman of color of, like, uh, Asian uh, background and she gets to be like a dude a white dude's girlfriend who mourns and right. then another white dude's like almost girlfriend but she's still sad about the last white dude she's like only seen as this so even that even is something that we like kind of champion like you said like yeah. the dean thomas's of the world is still not <laughs> quite there yeah, yeah. um and the, i was gonna say uh on the topic of like having gay characters in uh, franchises like this it reminded me uh i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but i think it's a really cool story and really uh, like another important example of this um when john barrowman uh, was established on Doctor Who because it was such a popular show. It just like immediately made every kid and like adult who dug that show and that character be like, "Oh, it's cool if right. like it like it's cool if you're not just heterosexual." Like right, it right. totally like uh, from my understanding, just like broke the mold of heteronormativity like where that was concerned and uh i think we're getting there but it's we're not quite there yeah and i and i'm not familiar with with doctor who at all but people do keep saying like, but you know what you i'm talking love about jack harkness and i'm like uh, yeah i'm like i'm sure I exactly like i haven't seen that much of it but as soon as i heard the character being discussed i was like oh yeah like yeah that dude's fucking hot and like basically i mean it's still uh like the character's just like yeah i'll fuck anything like <laughs> It's not even just that he's gay. He's just, like, not exactly discerning. Right. But it's still a step in the right direction. Exactly. And I think it's, you know, again, it's like it's just to show that these people exist. Right. And that, you know, and again, I'm sure that he does other things in the show. Right. Exactly. It's like, not just like, everything. oh, look at that. Yeah. That guy who um, is bony dudes. Yeah. Um, cool. So I'll, uh, <laughs> on that note, let's swing it back around to, we talked a little bit about like internet dating and yeah. expectations where that's concerned. And I think that ties, uh, nicely into the show that you're doing right now, yeah. kind of where all of this, uh, is ties back to. So like, I guess speak a little bit to your experience, uh, where all that's concerned. Goodness. Um, <laughs> well, I, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't. It was a very specific question. Um, so let's talk about specifically like the expectation that is established when um, you're meeting someone via uh, like, let's go back to that like checklist idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, well, I feel like the, the perspective that I'm coming uh, at it from right now is is maybe not the, the most uh, healthy because anytime I go on a date, uh, and most of the dates that I've gone on have been from 
uh, from the internet in some way. Mm-hmm. I I just have a I do have a very defeatist attitude about dating right now. <laughs> okay, because it, and it's because of my high expectations. I'm like I'm like all right, so just we're gonna go you know, to this place and we're going to sit there and it's going to be terrible. It's going to be awful. And it's going to be the worst thing that ever happened, but it's okay. <laughs> then it'll be over. Like he'll think you're terrible. You'll think he's terrible, but it'll be fine. It'll be, you know, then you'll be done. Yep. And I've gone on a lot of first dates because, and you know, not because they turn out to be that bad. I mean, some of them do, but sure. But it's more like, even if the ones that have been kind of nice or pleasant, um, and even, at the end of the date, you're like, oh, yeah, I could probably, let's go out again. Right. I usually don't go on a second date just because it'll be like, well, it wasn't that great. Right. You know, and it it, right. it wasn't, it's it's not as if, you know, we're like stuck in the the asteroid and like, you know, we're in that <laughs> little room and then he comes in and kisses. It's not that exciting. Right, right, right. And I think that's where I have trouble with kind of figuring out what it's supposed because to be. Because you don't immediately have some sort of... Uh, sign that like this is worth your time and energy right or even like magical circumstance is really like sure you know, like, what's it our feels big... too like normal for it to be yeah like this this meat cute isn't worth watching a rom-com about uh, yes. so what's the point of this right. relationship and you know i mean that's a really uh that's not a a realistic yeah way it's to pretty defeatist like you said yeah and it's clearly it's not working I'll tell you <laughs> it's, it's not, a, it's not uh, the solution so yeah and I mean I think that I I feel like I also um not that I'm the most special unique snowflake but I think that I have I think that I'm a little harder to understand just based on the checklist of internet sure. fame, um, you know, because I, I feel like I have a lot of contradictions. Like I love Star Wars and I also love, you know, makeup and dresses, uh, but I also love going outside and yeah. I also love carrying things and I'm also really <laughs> funny Yeah, and I'm also good at bowling and I'm also, <laughs> I'll cry at commercials and, yeah. you know, so I think I have a lot of feminine and masculine yeah. it's traditional almost like, traits sure i i um i think i relate to that to a certain extent as well um but it's also like humans aren't just one thing we're all it's a, a bunch of different things but that's a hard thing to pin down the first time around it's yeah ex- especially when you have no context for each other mm-hmm. like i think what i kind of hate about internet dating what i try not to why i really actually don't do it that much but it's you're entering into this romantic situation when you have no sense of each other and you have no like I don't know your inflections I don't know how you feel about like I don't know how you sit in a chair like it's just a lot of weird things to then be like now we're in this romantic situation I feel like what I prefer to do is to sort of Ideally, it's like you kind of find yourself in a romantic situation yeah. with somebody and you s- sort of, I don't know, just, just discover that those, just discover those feelings are there and then you get married. I mean, right. like, why is that? <laughs> I don't understand why it's that hard. And I mean, again, it's like my model is my parents, you know, they met and they started dating like 
they, they met in the beginning of a school year. They started dating in September and they were engaged in November. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And then they got married the next year. So like, wow. Yeah. And the way that they tell it, they tell it horribly because <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, my dad was like, just, you know, people would come over and cause I had cable and you know, a bunch of people would come over and watch movies. And then eventually, uh, sort of just, you know, your mom coming over just to watch movies and, uh, <laughs> And yeah, we just kind of talked about it and thought, you know, we should uh, get married. Oh <laughs> I was like, that makes God. no sense to me in real life. Like, That's I'm, so funny. And then, you know, it's it's more complicated than that. Sure. Thanks to my aunt who has told me, like, you know, the more actual, yeah, yeah, story. yeah. But, but it just, it sounds so simple that it doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, and I'm again, I'm from the, the school of watching movies and films and reading books where it's like here's all the complications involved and and you know you're falling in love during a war right or like you're fighting these big giant sandworms and you can't kiss to the end <laughs> and yeah so just meeting somebody and having a nice time with them you're like what is that right like, that's stupid right <laughs> that's so funny yeah i think that i think for me i I was guilty of, like, settling for something like that. Like, for just, like, you know, meeting someone and just grabbing dinner or whatever that looked like. And being like, this person is... Especially um, when I uh, first moved to Chicago because I, like, started kind of dating more than I ever really had Mm -hmm, while mm -hmm. I was going through school. Um, and, uh, And I was like, oh, this guy is nice and sometimes we eat food together. Like... And, like, that's no, that is no scoff at, like, the guys that I was dating at all. It's just that, that it's like you're saying, like, you expect there to be a little bit more than that. You know, like, the yeah. thing that you do jives with the thing that they do. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, that's what I want it to be. Like, right. Like, it's this big, it should be this big, exciting swell of emotions. And then it should just be, like, we eat food together and like we sit next to each other and like right. we love each other really hard. You yeah, know? that's so true. That, <laughs> that 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 is like eventually just your expectation right. for it. And it's and I also I mean the way that I've always sort of done things is like I don't do the gray area like what what are we? Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to put a label on it. I'm like I have I have legitimately said like hey we just kissed so you're my boyfriend now. <laughs> like that is what we're like in my adult life. <laughs> Because I can't. Oh, I leave. I know. I can't handle the like in between. Yeah, and I'm and I'm a little bit more traditional in uh, in that sense where I'm like, if if I'm going to be doing these things with you, like if we're going to be holding hands, <laughs> then it's because we're dating. Like I don't I don't do, just do this with anybody, sir. <laughs> like I have an expectation that we are going to be eating food together for the rest of our lives. Again, <laughs> need to temper some of that, but it's <laughs> but it is like kind of know thyself and right, right, right. Certainly not that I'm uh, for any any men who are listening. Uh, <laughs> it's not that I'm like, oh, I want to get married right now because I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, no. But I just, I feel like that I love you, I know, is so how it should you be. You identify that you know? like, to that. That's so funny. Like, you need to just kind of know that. Like, you need to say it and know it and, like, then, you know, unmelt him and stuff. <laughs> yeah. 
I can't. That's hilarious. So that uh, the show that you're doing right yes. now, yes. I think that's a good uh, a good specific segue yeah. because you literally just said that I love you. I know is like an appropriate way to exchange feelings in a relationship. So surprisingly, I wrote a one woman autobiographical show about Harrison Ford movies uh, and how they relate to my. Uh, expectations of love and dating so shocker that is that is <laughs> I who love I am. it um, uh and I just I don't I think I had realized this at some point and then I like now I'm remembering again that it's a solo show yes and, and that is <laughs> brilliant yeah yeah brilliant to say solo performer in this context is always it's it always tickles that me. is like such a good joke it's my it really solo is show yeah like i love and the way that you do it on your cards is perfect yeah. too by just capitalizing the s i know somebody was like perfect. oh like i had someone proofread it and they were like oh the s is capitalized and i was like yeah i know on perp. <laughs> yeah this is great yeah. um so what was the birth of this show yeah so this show is called bad dates or what killed that monkey in indiana jones only makes me stronger <laughs> shaboom um i actually thought I thought Bad about dates. this show. <laughs> it's so, it's so see. Typical. I just I think people are. I I think people, in a way that like I have not seen this show, but I can garner from talking to you and looking at the way that you market it. I know that I'm getting a good sense of what I'm going to get out of yes, this. Yes, I feel like it's, it's and I mean that as clear. a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like it's it's pretty clear that it's uh kind of for for nerds who care about things right um but i i started with all of my projects in a maybe the not the best process but i have started with a title <laughs> um, yeah i did i did another show uh also similarly titled in many syllables where i I submitted it to a fringe festival as just the title mm -hmm. and I was like, Oh, I'll never get in. And they picked me. So I was like, Oh, I have to write a show. Oh. That's so funny. Yeah, that was my first, my you... first solo show. Wow. Yeah. What well, was that called? That one was called Jesus. Do you like me? Please mark yes or no. <laughs> and it is about another, um, handsome carpenter who I Hello. have a lot of complicated feelings with. <laughs> Did you tell that story through all the Jesus movies? <laughs> right, yeah. Jesus of Nazareth, Passion of the Christ. Yeah. You know, Ben Hur. Uh, what's the one that uh, Mel Gibson did? Passion of the Christ, oh, yeah. Uh, what's the other thing I'm thinking of, though? You're right. It was Passion of the Christ, but there's... Um, God, it has a one-word title. Apocalypto? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's not enough because it's about Jesus, but it is Mel I Gibson. I was thinking of Apocalypto. crazy. Um... That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You just throw Apocalypto in there for good measure. Yeah. People are like, that's not Jesus. And it's like, oh, Mel Gibson, though. And they're like, right. yeah, close enough. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's kind of Jesus. Um, <laughs> no. But so I so I had thought I, I found this. Um, what's funny is I found like a document titled with the, the title and uh, recently. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this document dates back like four years. I I don't remember starting. With the Bad Dates title? Yeah. I was like, I don't remember starting the show. What were some of the beautiful, like, little nuggets that I wrote down? Uh -huh. Oh, my gosh. And so I open it, and it's just a blank document. That is with just the title. 
hilarious. I was like, that is so on, funny. Get it it throw me a friggin' bone. Right. So give me some answers. But it, but so it's like it was a an idea I had four years ago, and that was when I was still in a, a very long term relationship. Really? Yeah, and I think that sh- that says a lot about where I didn't know that I was. Like I, it's like wow, I didn't realize I had checked out of that relationship at that point because you were already thinking of how you were going to write a show about like dating life and right. bad dates and and when you're in a relationship that at that point I had thought that this was you know the person I thought that I was you know with that person and I feel like when you're in that state of mind you don't necessarily think about what it's like to be single or you don't like yes. ponder of you're not like let me explore what it's like to be single right if you're happy in your relationship so that's clearly really clearly i was not uh that's really if funny. only i listened to myself more uh, if only i if only i would go back and read my own solo shows uh but, but it, that, yeah. so that's when you came up with the title and then you just kind of left it and it, yeah and i just kind of left it because again it was like oh i'm in a i'm in a relationship I'm, I'm with somebody who won't leave me, so that means that I'm in a, that's stability, isn't it? <gasps> oh we're, boy. we're too scared to break up. So See, that's <laughs> oh god, I think that is like a plague among humans. Yep. I really do because every, because everyone's just too scared and yeah. Uh, afraid of being alone right. and afraid right. of like time that's been invested already in something. It's so true. I mean, we're taught that loneliness is the scariest thing. I mean, and at the end of every movie, no matter what happens, people kiss. Like I just yes. I was watching Congo the other day because my what? life is wonderful. <laughs> yes, right. And the whole time, like they're trying to force this sexual chemistry between Laura Linney and the guy that's not you know, friggin' Winston from Ghostbusters. And you're like, why is she not looking at him? Because he is, like, so hot in that movie. But it's, like, the dorky white scientist guy. And Uh, they're trying to, like, push them together and put them in these moments of tent. And you're like, there's not a story. It's not there. Yeah. But at the the end Yeah. They still are, like, kissing. They, like, like sidle next to each other in the hot air balloon because that movie ends in a hot air balloon. Let's never forget. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. <laughs> we'll add that to the list of things we can never forget. Um, did you see Ant Man? No, I didn't. I didn't. There, that's how I felt about Ant Man too. It's one of those things I didn't totally love it overall because I think it suffers from that thing you were kind of talking about earlier, where it's just kind of like the retelling of a thing that we've kind of seen before. Even though Ant Man is a new superhero, it's still like guy gets suit, guy gets slightly better suit. They fight. Right. He's the only hope. Yeah, this yeah. man. Right. <laughs> um, but at the like you think you're gonna you think you maybe you're gonna make it out of the movie without that because like they've kind of sort of hinted at a romantic thing but like not in any way that it needed to happen and then it's like one of the last scenes of the film is like oh someone walks in on them smooching it's like come on right right but it's as if it's this necessary it's how we end stories and 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 we think is the end is like oh you know the the world is saved man kisses woman yeah and like maybe a sequel right and that's the only woman that we're given in the whole oh, movie yeah, exactly that that was like one of I, kingsman got a lot of flack for the way females were represented i really liked it because i think it's just fun um but i like the main female like 
like reverse spoiler alert the main female and the main male don't get together like it does that she never exists as that kind of character and i really appreciated that like she just gets to be she like does kind of help in the last great battle sequence like she does her own thing while the main male is like doing most stuff um but she like does this other really important thing and they don't have any romantic interaction at all and i like appreciated that one aspect of it yeah well i think because not every person that you meet that you go through an intense experience with is someone that you should have sex with like yeah like that's not every relationship there are some people who you can have an intense friendship with. Yes. Like it's not uh, the only way to communicate with somebody. I am such a huge proponent of that, like, thought process. Yeah, and it's, I mean, and it's hard because we, again, are shown, you know, and especially, you know, not to, not to bemoan the plight of the straight male, but <laughs> I think they're shown, like, if you are someone who listens to women, if you're someone who's nice to women, like, you will get the girl. Yes. At the end of the movie, you, you will. That is a good... And that is like what makes it a problem because yeah. like that's not always true, right? And it and you know it doesn't have to be true. And and for women, it's like every guy that listens to you is not someone that you have to be in a relationship with. Mm-hmm. And and I think again, it all goes back to loneliness and and this fear of loneliness. And I've really, I mean, for the past few years, I've been able to. Um, I mean, for, I've been I've been lucky to kind of explore solitude like I live Mm -hmm. by myself and I do solo performance so like I Mm -hmm. write my own work and I sometimes will rehearse it to myself Mm -hmm. you know um, just because it's the quickest way to do things and Mm -hmm. you know I I certainly have like a beautiful support system of family and friends and and you know, obviously, like, I'm getting up in front of an audience who's yeah. applauding, and that's, you right. know, immediate, serving a lot of purposes. Yeah, immediate support yeah. in a way that, um, you know, us performers get a kick out of. <laughs> Love that. Right. But it's, I've been able to solve a lot of my own problems. I, you know, I I have to do things around my home by myself. I, I'm the one, I mean, it's like regular adult stuff, but it's like, I have to fix that. Yeah. I have to pick that up. Sure. I have to walk home by myself. I have to, you know, figure out, like, just logistics in my life or logistics in my creative work. And, you know, sometimes that gets, I mean, sometimes there is a sadness to loneliness. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I think there's too much reliance for myself on social media to be like, let me put this out there and, like, let me just... Let me get Oof. some validation from some likes because, For sure. you know, I don't have anyone next to me to say this to. But on the other hand, it's like I've also been able to really understand myself in a deeper way or, or you know, the journey of, right. of understanding yourself. And, and I've been able to I've been able to have moments with myself where I see something beautiful and I don't take a picture of it. And I don't tell anybody about it. Yeah. So it's like, it's only this experience that I'm having. Yeah. And I think in this world of sharing and Instagramming and, you know, making sure we document everything. And putting out what you think is an interesting, like, facade of yourself for other people to experience. Exactly. Like, like, you know these are things I want people to know about me. You right. Know, like I, I need to know that people, people should know that I support 
this person and then yes. I think this thing about this issue and then I also love sunflowers you know? right 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 instead of just being able to like stand there by yourself and like stare at us you know for example like stare at a sunflower and to just have you know kind of an emotional moment to yourself yeah and not share it with anybody else you know I feel like we're constantly uh in battle with ourselves and I think yes especially as women and you know, I'm somebody who's struggled with uh, body image and, and addiction and all these sort of internal things that, y- you know, you're, you're kind of taught to defeat your urges, defeat your body, you know, um, defeat hunger and get over your feelings. And it's not these emotions aren't real. It's just your period and like all these crazy yeah. things. And and part of it is just like, no, you are yourself. You yeah. are your body. You are you know, your ugly ear, you are your weird thing. You are your, you know, if you have a chronic illness or if you have something about you that's not uh, mainstream or traditional or whatever, like you are those things, that thing is you. Just letting it inform the person that you are as opposed to like shoving it down. Right, like I've got to... kind of goes back to the inside out thing. Yeah. Like allowing yourself to experience those things and to, to experience a, a full range of emotions. It's much more healthy and like across the board, uh, personizing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 And I think, um, humanizing would right. be the way to say that. <laughs> humanizing. But I think in general, like I think that a lot of people our age, um, you know, I mean people in their twenties, it's like you want to, you're looking for validation about your life mm-hmm. and about yourself and about your body and about your choices and about your voice. Mm. And so a lot of what people do is like they seek that from, um, you know, the from dating and from sex and from that whole kind of if somebody loves you romantically, that means that you're successful. Yeah. And that's and a huge part of success. And contrarily, I think that there's a lot tied to like, I am unworthy of love. Mm-hmm. Thus, I am like unworthy of anything. Like I yes. am, uh, you know, on the on the flip side of that, it can be really dangerous. Uh, I mean, what you're talking about is dangerous too, but uh, it can be really dangerous to like shut yourself out of relationships, whether be it romantically or with friends, if you just like are the kind of person who doesn't think you're worth it. Yeah, and I think it's a complicated um, kind of issue because. I think that there's also uh, this idea, and I talk about this sometimes in my work, where I talk about, like, if I don't end up with anybody at the end of the movie, like, if that doesn't happen for me, then I can still have a good life, you know? Yeah. That if I end up not getting married, if I end up not being in another relationship, you know, for the rest of my life, I mean, and that's kind of a, a scary, sad thing, but if that happens, then I should be able to have a productive, happy life. Yeah. I, I still should be able to do that. It shouldn't be that I have a head, I've had a failure of a life. And it's the right. same with jobs or the and same with like if you're trying to write a symphony or yes. something. Like and like if you do and if you do get into a relationship or like you said, take a job or any of that stuff and it doesn't happen to work out, that doesn't necessarily mean it was a failure either. Right, right. I think that uh, Amy Poehler's book uh, – is so is so good. Everyone should read. It's amazing. Everything Amy Poehler 
ever does is the best thing. Amy, Agreed. if you hear this, I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we you girls. Yeah, yeah. Come on in. <laughs> um, but she says you should talk a little bit about her divorce. Uh, yeah. And she says, you know, I don't think 10 years of marriage is, and two kids is a failure. And I think that's such a, you know, that's such a hard thing to grasp yeah. you know, that, that a relationship that breaks up or anything that ends in a way, anything that ends at all, that mm-hmm. it's not a failure because we're taught, I, I feel like, especially as women, we are taught to manage your shit. <laughs> and yeah. if you can't manage your shit, yeah. you're failing. You know, and I have friends who, my God, have I have a friend who has two kids, and I have friends who, you know, who own homes, and friends who have, you know, aging parents, or, yeah. or just lots of different things, or, or battling illness, and and the expectation that you're you're going to have everything together all the time and if you're if you're failing in any way like that all of the rest of it is a moot point you Mm -hmm. know what I mean like oh you know you have a great job and a great apartment and you know you're happy with your life and you're Mm -hmm. healthy but you don't have a boyfriend yeah it's like you have all that stuff but like oh man but you but you don't have a great job like right you're just a a barista it's or like, like on, you man. have all that stuff on paper but you're still unhappy <laughs> yeah because yeah. yeah exactly and then the whole point is that none of you know none of those things uh no combination of those things can make you happy mm-hmm. like because it is all you have about to learn how to be like you're saying before yeah. i think that's a really important thing to come yeah. back to where all of it's concerned right and just and loving yourself and finding really what it is is finding peace and finding the ability to like, I guess, understand the difference between your expectations of what life should be and what life is. And you yeah. can always make, you can always improve. You can always make your life better. And that is a frustrating thing because you're, you're like, Hey, I'm working so hard, but it still seems like there's something out of reach. And it's like, well, that's the point of living. I think if you ever <laughs> right, reached, exactly. like, you know, Nirvana, you, what would you do? I mean, I think it would be maddening to mm-hmm. live in, in Shangri-La or something where everything is perfect because you have no, I mean, and I, and I've, I'm just from a, from a world and from a family of like you, you blood, sweat and tears and hard work is how you g- accomplish things. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I, my long-term relationship that his, one time he said to me that his goal was to work uh, as little as possible for the highest return. I know people like that. Yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, if you're talented and accomplished, then yeah, I mean, you know, you figure out a way. But I think if you're 22 and you're not willing to work, work for m- money, then more than what, it, work what more you than would your consider. <laughs> work Ooh. more than what you would consider. Uh, too much. A little bit yeah, of yeah, effort yeah. for as, as far as it goes. Because yeah. for me, it's always been about like, you know, you work hard and then you look at the things you've created and you have accomplishment. I mean, yeah. you know, such as in the movie Witness, when <laughs> they build the barn and they can look at that and be like, man, you know, as a community, a thing. we've built that. And now, you know, Harrison Ford and Kelly McGillis are going to almost <laughs> kiss in that barn. Or it's a different barn. I know it's a different barn, but still. Nobody call in. I know. <laughs> who's calling in right now correct my witness trivia cool i think this is a good uh segue into first of all um i think we 
you just capped off a lot of things in a really nice way and uh, got to kind of expound on a lot of stuff that I was definitely looking forward to kind of picking your brain on. Yeah. But if there's anything else you feel like you'd be remiss uh, not to mention, like anything else about the show or about like how you're specifically looking forward to um, uh, Force Awakens or anything else around where that's concerned, um, I'd love for you to speak. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll plug the the show pretty hard um, and say that. So the way that this show is running, uh, I'm self producing it. Uh, so if you have any questions about it, don't ask my people because they don't exist. So it's just me. Uh, <laughs> ask her. Yeah, ask me. Find me. You can Google me and find Eileen Tull because I'm the only Eileen Tull Ugh, out there. Except you, lucky dog. There's this one. There's a lady in Salisbury, Maryland, who like gardens and wins prizes for that in her That's town. Hilarious. But other than that, it's me. There are other Mary Vestments in oh, Chicago. I'm one of sure. them's a realtor. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm like, thank God, I have such weird names that I people know. can't. Sp- Somebody called me Glean yesterday. Glean? Yeah, she like w- was trying to read my name, and she was like, Glean is Glean here, <laughs> and I was like, Jeez, Louise, I'm gleaning that you don't know what a normal <laughs> name is. Nor do I have good handwriting. But <laughs> so the show is uh, is uh, is kind of on tour uh, in in different spaces in the city. Um, you know, I wanted to really, frankly, go where the nerds are, yeah. and uh, so I'm going to coffee shops and comic book stores and yeah i was um, looking at the, the venues that you have set up and it's it's such a good list yeah. man there, there's no way you won't find something on there that you're like oh i love that place right or like i've been meaning to visit that yes spot, and exactly. I, like, I need to buy something there because all the venues are are being incredibly supportive and so please uh do patronize them yeah patronize them yeah. don't talk down to them but buy some but stuff <laughs> <laughs> Treat them nice. fucking english man <laughs> but uh, but it's great i mean it really is like a, a where's where of like some of the my I favorite spots in where's chicago where? Um, like tonight I'm going to Dice Dojo. Very cool. Yeah. And then tomorrow I'm at G Mart Comics. Uh, and then it's, it's also sporadically throughout, um, the next couple months. So it's like, if you have a work schedule or show schedule, there's Monday nights, Thursday nights. Um, there should be some time that you could find. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll be at Geek Bar. I'll be at Uncharted Books, Galway Arms, uh, WindyCon, if we've got any cool. Windy conventioners that? out there. I think it's November 13th, I want to say off the top of my head. Okay. Um, but I'll be there the Friday night at 8 o'clock, which is, uh, so the, that show is free with admission to the con. Cool. And every show is $10 suggested donation, um, you know, which all of that goes back to sort of producing new and exciting solo work in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, it's nice. Yeah. I mean, you know exactly, like... <laughs> You're doing the show. You're putting it up for yourself. It's there's no. Um, I mean, even if it's paying for things like costumes, rental fees. Yeah, I mean, it really is like it's 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 just paying for the small amount of your um, time and energy yeah. as an artist and performer, exactly. which is payment enough. Yeah, or uh, reason enough for payment. Exactly. And so um, right now, I'm I'm booking further dates. Uh, it was sort of an open-ended run to the end of November. I think that's cool. But it's now kind of creeping into December. Good. I'm always happy and available to um, talk to anyone who wants to host a performance. You heard say is like, if... Even if people, you know, want me to come over to your apartment, I'll do the show that. for three people for, for just you and your cat. Like, yeah. I will 100% do it. That's so fun. Yeah. I'm sure that there's so much to learn about venue and audience and things like that across the board. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a really good exercise in, um, I mean, the show is pretty much uh, written 
out, but it's but there is so much room for improvisation in in how sure you know in in the different spaces. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I'm on a stage, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes there's you know a bigger space. Sometimes one time I had a mic, other times I didn't. So yeah. it's just very much about rolling with the punches and a, a good exercise in tempering my expectations about <laughs> sure you know like. Who's going to be where? Yeah. And knowing, hey, there might be like somebody's going to might drop a tray on your punchline. And like, <laughs> what can you do? You got to keep going yeah. through the show. I mean, and that's such as life. You know, you got to keep moving forward. I love that. Yeah. And um, so all the um, schedule information is on my website, which is EileenTull.com slash bad dates. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I'll put that all with the like notes for the show. And everything notes, too. I'm, I'm all over that social media. Hell yeah. Business. Very cool. Thanks um, for sharing that with everybody. Hopefully there will be people who want to dig that. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I think this is like a universal uh, feeling. But also it's cool to see one person's uh, personal story through it. Yeah. Um, How do you think that your love of and experience with knowledge of expectations uh, across the board, specifically we talked about like in film, dating life in being a performer uh, have influenced you both creatively and then kind of your life in general? I think creatively um, what I've been trying to do, uh, especially in the last year is if something scares me as a performer, that's when I know I need to do it. Yeah. So I've actually, I've created uh, several pieces of work this year where I've taken my clothes off on stage. Hell yeah. Not all the way, mom and dad. Um, <laughs> it's like basically a bikini if you're in a brown underwear. But uh, yeah. um, <laughs> something that I, if you had told me a year ago, I would have slapped you in the face. Really? Because I would have been horrified and just said, like, that's not me. I could never do that. Um, but I feel like the past couple years, I've just been trying to fuck fear man you know Hell I'm just, yeah. it's like it's so we don't have enough time in this place to really be afraid like mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a wasteful feeling it's a wasteful use of our time and absolutely so i uh that was sort of a big tangible kind of thing of like like what is like what's the scariest what's the easiest way to be naked well to be naked so <laughs> uh, and i found it really and in different contexts, it's like some of it's a little bit more um, comedic and celebratory, and some of the pieces were uh, a little bit more thoughtful and, and evocative, and um, it's like performance art versus sketch comedy. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I think, I mean, and I think in both of those things, you can you can find the balance between uh, comedic and, uh, you know, gravity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's, all of those have been really meaningful experiences. Um, and just in general, I've, in my creative work, I've been talking more about uh, just, I do nonfiction, uh, sort of narrative work where I tell my own stories and, and some of them aren't pretty, you know, and some of them aren't, aren't things people are comfortable discussing. And I, you know, I talk about addiction, I talk about body image and I talk about, uh, failure a lot. And, uh, I talk about loneliness and things that, and and I talk about funny things too. (laughs) (laughs) They're all a total bummer. (laughs) I know, right? I'm like, bummer.com. <laughs> but uh, I think that um, there are subjects that people shy away from because it's hard to find humor in them. And I feel yes. like the only way that I can get through anything, you know, whether it's cancer, death, alcoholism, whatever it is. Yeah. And those are all things bad that I've like, <laughs> bad dates especially. Like you have to get through it with humor. You yeah. know, I mean, 
it's it's the way that it's the it's the lighting the match in the darkness and it's the only way you're going to find your way out absolutely agree so um so that's you know the if, so figuring out kind of what my expectations are about what I feel comfortable with or, or what, what are people going to say about me? Yes. Oh my God. What are people going to say about me? Going back to that like perception of you. Yeah. And, and I finally just, you know, kind of had to be like, I can't control the narrative of what other people think. Um, if people from high school think I'm a, you know, weird, like fat, stupid, dummy, whatever, like, or if they enjoy it, they're happy about it or, you know, whatever, all the horrible things you say to yourself when you're trying to fall asleep at 1am and it's like, (laughs) Oh my God, can we just stop? Yeah. I mean, it, it serves no, it serves you no purpose. It gives you no, uh, buoyancy. It gives you no creativity. I mean, nobody says like, I created my greatest work because I was really concerned about the other people, people I went to high school with. They're like, I was really worried about my coworkers and if they would think I was cool. Right. That doesn't happen. Uh, Right. It's like the opposite. If anything, it's because you're not worrying about anything else except for the way you feel about it or the people that you're working with. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so I think that's kind of how I've then also tried to live my life and make my choices. And, um, you know, if I, I would be afraid to about getting, um, you know, vocal about social issues that I was interested in or, or feeling like, Oh, can I really speak for, can I really speak about my opinions because I don't belong to this certain group of people sure. that I support? Yes. Um, and it's just, again, it's That's like, a hard thing to navigate to. Right. It's like, fuck fear. You know, if I want to like, I'm it just going to be loud about it and, you know, and respectful and, and try to be thoughtful. But, um, yeah, I think it's funny. Like I, I've, I've cultivated this like personality on Facebook, I guess, and without meaning to of like feminist star Wars. Fan. <laughs> I love like, it. Like, don't yell at me street harassers unless it's about getting me some star Wars tickets. That's so funny. That's hilarious. <laughs> I mean, hey, nice Han t-shirt. Right. I think I would be like, uh, <laughs> you would like genuinely entertain that. Like, oh, who shot first baby? I'd be yeah. like, all right, well, let me hear what else you like. like. Why don't you smile more? Why don't you buy me another ticket to force awakens? Like that would make me happy. Oh my gosh. Uh, cut to the chase. Yeah. Yeah. It's not quite enough to get me excited. But uh that's so funny. Yeah, so I feel like in general, um I mean it's something I struggle with in terms of like other people's expectations, my own expectations. I never have like I don't have the I feel like I can intellectually like talk about all of it. But yeah, I mean it's something like every day. You gotta yeah. deal with this stuff every day and yeah and be kind of, you know, not to quote Mad Eye Moody, but constant vigilance. Constant vigilance. <laughs> I quote that a lot. Yeah, I think about that quote another. a lot because I think it's very all-encompassing. Yeah, it, it's it is in the book, and I mean, but he's also like a kook and maybe like right. not himself. Um, but yeah, constant vigilance is definitely yeah. It's always up here. I know. <laughs> I love that. Uh, thank you so much for doing this yeah, with me. Thanks for having me. It's been a joy. Yeah. I'm excited to, uh, I'll have to look at your schedule myself and figure yeah, out when yeah, I can yeah. check it out. I know. Cause like you said, it's a where's where. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it's some of the coolest spots in Chicago and yeah, just, uh, all the venues are, are so great and 
yeah, I would, I would recommend if you're looking even to produce an event, like go on my schedule and like look at the venues. That's, and, wow, and that's a really good point. Yeah, totally. That's not that's nothing to scoff at. Right. For and sure, that's not even me being like uh, narcissistic. Like, come to my show. I'm like, no. if you can't come to the show, just go look at the venue. If you want to see, yeah, and like, what a great way to support the places that you're putting up the show yeah. too, because yeah. there's always. I see people on Facebook, like, all the time, especially people newer to the city uh, or to the community of performers here, like, wondering how to put up shows and where to put up shows. And I'll say, um, I I walked into places. And just that. Yeah, I mean, people are like, how did you do this? And I'm like, I decided that I would do it. And I, I put it together real quickly. And it was, I walked in, I emailed. I cold called. I got yeah. a lot of rejections. Like yeah. I, I would walk in with my postcards with my face on them and yeah. I'd say, hey, can I put these out in your window? And people take a look at it and they go, no. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's my, All right. no Thank my you. face twice. Um, bye. Yeah. <laughs> but it really is like, so I would, if anyone ever wants to talk about self-producing or is like wants leads, I'm more than happy to give cool. recommendations. What a kind thing to tack oh. on here. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much, Eileen. Thank you. I love you and I mean that. <laughs> Me too. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.